Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Monday Distillery. Monday Distillery is a new age beverage company revolutionising the way we look at having a night out with friends. They make sophisticated, non-alcoholic beverages that are sugar-free and full of social graces. Now you can enjoy a good time, love what you drink and love yourself the next day too. Stay high in spirits, keep a clear mind. Cheers to Monday. I wasn't even a fan of beer that had any sort of flavor when I was an alcoholic beer drinker. Not an alcohol. I was an alcoholic. I was a drinker of alcoholic beer. And I never really liked those kind of fruity beers, you know, the ones that had, you know, aftertaste of of elderberry and things like that. I couldn't stand it. I was, I, was a, I was a bogan beer drinker. You were like, give me a drinking beer. Give me my lager, mate, and give it... I don't want any flavor with me booze. Yeah. I just want to get it into you, into me. And then I would... But now I love heaps normals. I love those beers with flavors, mm. beers that are interesting, mm. the non, non-alcohols. Mm. I love it. Yeah, I've done Froth a full, on it. full term. And... Um, it's half Geordie Smith's. Oh, is that right? The famous um, surfer, yeah. Oh, there you his, go. His thing. So that's so awesome. It makes I sense. I love me a heaps. Makes sense for athletes to be supporting the alcohol freeze. Yeah, especially these days because like it used to be cool for surfers to be like complete and utter trash bags and then um, Kelly Slater came on the tour and it was like he was cheating because he wasn't a piss rack. Yeah, exactly. So got- now that's sort of very much caught on yeah. these days. I was driving in the bus the other day and I it was around sort of dusk and this was sunset and I had my ear, AirPod, whatever you call those things you stick in your ears for music, AirPods, EarPods, <laughs> and I had really loud music cranking and I was drinking a heaps normal while I was driving up the highway and I was partying. I was having the best time. I had a couple, mm. had a couple of heaps normals on the road. Mm. That's a whole new thing. Awesome. Are you sick of feeling controlled by alcohol? Do you want to drink less? 
Do you wake up on a Sunday morning feeling really anxious and full of regret? I'm Danny Carr and welcome to my podcast, How I Quit Alcohol. Hi and welcome back to How I Quit Alcohol. Today in the studio, I'm stoked to have the uh, Club Sober Originals here in the house. (laughs) I've got obviously myself, Hubby Ash, Scott Owen and the gorgeous Claire Rantel. Hi guys. Hi. Hi. Welcome back. Good to have you back up in New South Wales. We're the long-standing foundational members of the club. It's really nice to see you guys face to face as well. Yeah, I know. There's been a lot of WhatsApping still, but not as much as we did do in our first year of sobriety when we had that little club sober group, which I swear was my saving grace. I don't know about you guys, but that's definitely helped. That helped to keep me accountable and keep me on track. This is almost four years ago as uh, well. Yes. Can you believe it? I know. So we're coming up to four, our four year, four year soberversary. <laughs> yep. That's um, it. God, it feels like forever, doesn't it? Having that app and actually using it I know. feels like having those messages feels like, yeah, it feels like forever ago. Yeah. It feels like such a short period of time that we use that as well. But at the time, it seemed like week after week, month after month, really dragged. But now looking back on it, it feels like it was only yeah. a couple of months, but it wasn't. It was like a whole year. Yeah. And we were into, but we were using that thing mm. and supporting each other. Oh, and it was so crucial, I think, for us, wasn't it? It mm. was so incredibly important. Yep. Yeah, fantastic support. Yeah, I remember sometimes when one of us would post something, or from my perspective, like if you guys were saying that you got something coming up, or or perhaps Scott, you had a gig, or Ash, whatever. But I remember like having a really tight bum reading it, thinking, "Are they going to? What are they going to say? They're going to drink? Oh no, oh no!" But then always like the next day, not did it. You know, all good. It was sometimes a little bit nerve wracking. Yeah, yeah. But, but it um, was good to have that accountability, wasn't it, for each other? Yeah, sense of community with it, which I think is definitely essential if someone's quitting. That's why AA can work. That's why, like, challenge groups like what I run or even if you just do it with a group of friends like what we did. Yeah, that's right. Partnerships, being Something. able to do it together. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. just to have someone yeah. in yeah. the corner. And I think what was great for us as well was that we didn't really – I mean, we thought that we – would have 12 months off but we that was pretty much the only framework that we had and then mm. we went beyond that and I just I think mm. even if you are if you are in a kind of social situation with a group of friends just start with a month just start with a couple of weeks like and just go from there see see where it takes you yeah that's so true just starting somewhere Mm. And then just seeing what unfolds. Mm. Like when we got to the end of that 12 months where I can't remember who were the first of us who said, I think we'd all decided individually that that was it. We weren't going to take it up again. Yeah. But it was interesting when we came like to you guys and said, we're not going back. And how relieved we felt when you guys said, <laughs> yeah. uh, we're not either. Yeah. It was like, oh, sick. But it is daunting <laughs> to think that you never, ever, 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 especially when you love alcohol, you love being drunk. It's daunting to think that you're never, ever, ever, ever going to drink again. You're never going to feel like that again. Yeah. I think I think that's probably what makes most people not bother to stop and just to keep going is because it just seems too hard and too foreign and too weird to, to never go there again. Yeah. Whereas only, whether it's just saying one year, you look back over all those years of drinking and you could easily just pull one of those years out and you wouldn't even notice. It would just be a blip on the radar. So to do that, makes it seem actually doable 
Absolutely. And I had this exact conversation with my sister the other day and she said to me, I'd love to, but the thought of never drinking a champagne again, just, I can't do it. And I did, yeah. I, I did say to her, well, I, I used to think that as well. You know, you don't have to make it forever, but maybe perhaps, you know, pick an, an amount of time and just see how you go. What, what do you think about that? Like that, that feeling of, I guess, like what you just said, but Claire, I, what do you think? Yeah, I think that's great. I think having a, a, um, a specific amount of time that you have just decided for yourself or as a group uh, gives you something to stick by and you don't have to make massive plans for, you know, for, for a long time mm-hmm. for in the future if you don't want to. And I think that's just a good place to start is just to have that framework um, where you know that you're not, you know, you take all the temptation away. and. Mm-hmm. I just Absolutely. know yep. that for me, which is probably pretty universal, um, that stop, I stopped for six months once and I thought that that might change my attitude towards drinking. I thought it might have made me a more sensible drinker and not such a not such a trash bag, but it didn't. It didn't have any impact whatsoever. And then when I got to the end of the first year, I still I even still wonder now, and it's been almost four years, whether if I started drinking again, my attitude would have changed, and whether I could be sensible. Mm. all the time mm-hmm. about alcohol be like I always wanted to be I still wonder now whether four years is enough to 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 um, shift your attitude I always wonder that myself until I hear about someone who is six you know they were six years sober and then they had one drink and then that was it they were just back exactly where yeah. they were and that seems to happen a lot but I wonder if I don't know, and I'm not certainly not promoting to go out and drink, but I wonder if you've done a lot of the foundational work and healing and, and all the rest of it, if you perhaps could. But I know myself, I'm too scared to go there. And obviously, I I think I've done enough work that I kind of, I, I think it's about alcohol. Well, why, why would I? Like, I don't yeah. even want to, you know, I've drunk it all. <laughs> yeah. I just, I'd recommend to anybody who's listening, who's thinking about doing this, I'd recommend to committing to a year because I think it, it's it's at least a year to to have any kind of impact on shifting your mm. attitude towards alcohol. It is for me anyway. So yeah. I just yeah, I I just wouldn't recommend starting drinking again after six months and thinking that there's any long term change because there wasn't for me. So yeah, I just wanted to add that yeah. bit of advice. I absolutely agree. I think it was in that like even up to nine months, like I remember thinking getting ready to drink again when we got to the, the Christmas period and it wasn't until right at the end of that 12 months, I thought actually no. And even like I run three month challenges, but I still recommend to the people, like once we've done the three months, okay, it's given you a good guide and given you some tools, but perhaps, you know, think about going in for in doing it for the at least 12 months and see how you go. So what's been interesting is this whole time that we, I can't remember. I think we'd quit for a year. No, it was longer. And then COVID hit. But, you know, like you haven't been playing gigs, Scott, March, Ash hasn't really been playing many gigs. You'll be touring soon, won't you, at the living end? Yeah, in February is when we've got things on the books. And you're not worried about drinking, obviously. You're nah, so not at all. It. Nah, I don't, there's no, I don't really have any fearful situations anymore where, when it comes to alcohol, I feel like I kind of got it all mm. under wraps as far as that goes. Not. And I mean, I don't have fearful in the way that I think that I might want to drink again. Um, there's some obviously still situations that I find awkward without alcohol, and that's you know obviously social things and stuff. Um, 
but no the performance side of it I think there's still no desire to drink in fact it's the, it's the opposite mm. I couldn't imagine couldn't even imagine not being completely alert and aware and straight on stage now because it's so mm. much easier to play it's just so much easier to recall all of your own intellectual property when you're not drunk can I just add something there as well with you and your playing, um, the improvement in your playing that you are noticing and others are noticing? Yeah. Wow, really? Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah, it was pretty immediate, yeah. Like it started off with the other guys in the band and then the front of house guy and now I've started, um, I was working with Jordo, producer, just in the last few days and he, I haven't seen him for a couple of years mm-hmm. and even he was saying wow you know what's going on you've been practicing or something <laughs> playing's really improved wow and have and you yeah. been practicing in your spare time or is it yeah i have yeah 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 i've been practicing heaps yeah just sharper and more energy yeah and i just and i also put practicing down to not being a you know i think if i was drinking the volume of alcohol that i used to drink back in the day I just wouldn't bother. I wouldn't have the motivation to practice. And I don't think if I was still a drinker, I don't think I would have the desire to learn. I've got this real hunger for musical education at the moment. I just want to learn. I've never really understood music theory and I really, really want to learn it, learn how to read and things like this. And I just don't think I would have the time or desire to do anything like that Mm -hmm. if I still was drinking as much as i used to yeah it definitely gives you especially if you're in a good headspace with your sobriety just like with you claire you went and did a psychology degree Mm. in your spare time Mm -hmm. um (laughs) it does give you that desire to want to learn and you know i'm studying all the time you know ash is constantly working on his craft and learning new things you know that thing you posted the other day ash or today went out today on your instagram you're singing like the singing is off the charts Mm. you know Thank you. <laughs> well, I've been I've been doing a bit like Scotty. I've been doing like singing lessons, hardcore, like sometimes doing five a week or something. And that sort of obsessional quality is something that we really channeled into drinking. Yeah. <laughs> we were good at it. And we were really good at it. We were gifted, talented. We were, we were gifted. But, you know, it goes without saying, you know, we've, we've said it before on this podcast, but the sheer, like added up over four years now, like the number of hours that we've gained in our life yep now times almost four years you don't even realize that just all the extra time that you've had to achieve certain things and it's a natural tendency for your mind when it's functioning properly to be curious and to be sort of semi well it's funny you think when you're a drinker you think you're going to be bored when you stop drinking but I haven't been bored since I quit. It's the opposite. Yeah, that's yeah. a really good point, Absolutely. actually. And it's not mm. one or two of us. It's all four of us mm. have... have. It's opened all of us up to having time to, yeah, really, you know, achieve some, some really great things and, you know, university degrees and skills, you know, musical skills and mm. it's all of us. It's not one of us. It's all of us. It's and maybe that's what we're meant to do. That's a natural way that humans roll but actually we have tended as a like Mm. in society we tend to get around our middle age quite stagnant and Mm. we never really do stop to think maybe actually the drug we're imbibing the the socially acceptable one is the one that is actually helping that stagnation 
Yeah, exactly. Mm. Well, that's the thing, that, and the point you make about you think you think you're you think you're going to be boring or life's going to be boring if you're not, you know, if you're not tipsy or drunk or whatever. If you haven't got that shine on, or you know, that's what people say. You get a real shine on, and if you lose that shine, life will be boring. It's the opposite, but you you just fill your life up with actual pursuits that you actually want to do that actually do fulfill you that actually do challenge you that you actually can get rewards from so, yeah so yeah it's the opposite of boring it is so true so um early days <laughs> sorry <laughs> keep stealing the microphone you had you guys. <laughs> you've got to get in you quicker two this time as well and you blew them both <laughs> um I remember early feeling bored, really early on in the um, when we first stopped. I remember feeling a bit bored at the start. I think it was in that adjustment phase. And I know that some people say in my challenge groups or people will message and go, I've got to that kind of few months in and I'm a bit bored. Yeah. Did you? Did either of you feel that at the start? Yep. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I still yeah. do. Yeah. I still feel a bit bored. Not bored, but I feel boring mm. when it comes oh. to social stuff mm-hmm. and stuff that I used to do, stuff that we used to do. Yeah, but again as well, like even I think we've all spoken about how when you get into a social situation and sometimes the hardest part is to refuse having that first drink and once you can get past that, then it's it becomes much easier. I think that's a little bit the same with the boredom thing as well. I think we perhaps put so much upon ourselves and pressure that that, you know, we are probably not boring at all according to everybody else. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. But we just apply this pressure on ourselves and it's really unnecessary. Yeah. Um, yeah, since when was it our job to entertain everyone? Yeah, when we're that's not doing right. our perspective entertainment. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. The other thing is your friendships, the, the types of people that you're friends with tend to change when you stop drinking as well because you, when you're drinking, drinking's the main priority. You, you hang out with people because you're drinking together. But once you stop that, like we've got, I've got friends that I play music with that it's not about drinking. I've got we've got friends that we go running with, that we exercise with. You just do other things. Mm. You just find other people who are into other things. Not everybody is into drinking heaps all the time. <laughs> yeah. You think but we that when they were, yeah, yeah you, that's right. That's a nice security blanket to, to live mm. under. That ah oh, no, we're just normal. Mm. Yeah, but you, it's not. So I've noticed one thing that's changed that there's just the rare times that you notice that you're not as social as you were because and then looking back on it you realize a big part of that was you're probably looking for drinking buddies but there still is something nice about being social it's good for the soul and Hmm. and it's good to hang out with people and i've noticed i do do that less now i found we went to a party for the first time in forever the other day and i did find it was kind of cool on a social level to drink an alcohol-free beer because like drinking say for drinking a beer is a tradition but what i'd never done before quite recently really maybe the last year when i started drinking heaps normals and stuff is i never continued on with that that social thing of drinking a beer because beer is alcohol yeah but i you know they say that one of the fastest um growing um sections of the alcohol store is the non-alcohol in yeah. the alcohol store. Um, it's kind of cool to sit there with a non-alcoholic drink and in a social occasion and kind of and have a drink just as a 
a social thing. You don't have to throw that away. And that's what I did do initially. And I think Danny did do too. We threw that all away. And you kind of think, and it, this is for every individual person to work out whether that's a trigger or not. Exactly. To be doing that straight away. And I don't know the answer to that. For, for me now, it's good to be drinking beer again that doesn't have alcohol in it. Yeah. It could be a little bit age appropriate as well too, because I think that as we get older, people... People aren't drinking as much and partying mm. as much mm. as they used to. Mm. So it is more acceptable. I'm finding people, so, sometimes people who still drink still have a couple of alcohol-free beers as well, yeah. happily in between, so that they don't get as drunk. Yeah. So yeah. that they can keep drinking but not get as drunk. People are just wi- older and wiser. Mm. Whereas people who are younger might f- might really benefit from taking six alcohol beers to a party so that they can so that they can feel like six alcohol free they're still beers, drinking you mean? yeah sorry six alcohol alcohol free beers, free beers mm. to a party so that they can just still feel like they're having a drink mm. i did wonder that because and then i thought would they get picked on i wonder like this is just something <laughs> i thought of i thought would they get shit hung on them or i don't know I know, it seems like it's changed yeah. in the younger generation as well like i mean i think times have changed and it's there are certain, say, in music scenes where it's still the thing to get smashed, but there's plenty where it's actually not the thing to get smashed anymore it's in not, the younger generation. It's not yeah. so cool. Like my goddaughter went to a party um, last week and she she got back, she told her mum she had two sips of beer and she didn't like it. She was like, ugh, no, wasn't into it. And then that was it. Just didn't, wasn't interested. Yeah, my son to- said that too. He said he didn't really like the feeling of being drunk. Or, have, you know, being under the influence. Is Harvey being drunk? I don't know if he's been drunk, but he's tried alcohol. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and he said he didn't really like the feeling of yeah. being under the influence. Yeah, that's cool. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of family too, so you've, you ended up inspiring your dad to quit. Yeah. so he, awesome. Yeah, so he, you know, in his late 70s or whatever, decided that it was time for him to stop as well, mostly because... You know, because Mum told him to stop as as well, because he was still he was still doing that thing of not having. You know. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Not knowing when to stop and getting himself into states where he was, you know, falling over and hurting himself and things like that. And mum's like, I can't pick you up and carry you home. Yeah. When I spring chickens, you know, you've got you to gotta stop doing this. You've yeah. got to just stop doing it. Yeah. And... um. And he and this was really shortly, like within weeks or something, of us all quitting. That he decided to do the same thing, and it's only emerged recently. He said to me that he 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 he, he said that he saw us quit, Claire and I quit, 
and found that so inspiring that you know we were able to do it he said he wouldn't have thought that he would have been able to do it until he saw us do it and that was sort of enough to to give him the courage to give it a go so it's great so awesome yeah. and how old was he when he stopped because he's 83 isn't he he's 83 is he 83 or 84 i can't remember but he, yeah he would have been 80 88 or 80, 78 or 79 it's so awesome yeah, I remember your. <laughs> I remember Loz at one of the gig that you and Ash did together down in Torquay, and he sat on the this bar stool right in front of. I think it was side of stage kind of thing, but he sat there, and I think he started crying. He was so drunk, he started crying, but he was telling anyone who would listen that that's his son Scott up there. <laughs> <in> the face, <laughs> how yeah. much he loved you, how proud he was of you. Yeah. <laughs> Mind you, that was the night that my mum was up on stage being serenaded too, remember? Oh, yeah. We sat her up on the stage too. Oh, hilarious. I swear to God. I I think Loz would even do that now without the alcohol. I think he's he's pretty proud. Oh, yeah. yeah. Any chance he can tell anyone. But that was cool because you guys were sort of like... uh, a modelled family. It was cool how you partied together. And exactly. Kind we were of all, rare. We're all so drinking buddies. Yeah. You were all drinking buddies, which was classic. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, you made a decision that it was too much and it would have been actually brave of you to break that thing because it would have also been subconsciously linked to this sort of feeling of family and this tradition of mm-hmm. hanging out with your parents, yeah. which is a rare, you know, really close thing. So for your dad to follow you into battle. Mm. Yeah, exactly. After you went sober with something that is, was uh, for all of your life, a bit of a central thing was actually pretty special. Yeah. Yeah, I was the rogue, the rogue soldier and the, the, the sergeants followed me into battle. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't you go the to call the admiral? The admiral, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, it's so cool. But and, and also with your mum and dad, don't they live in a, a street where all yeah. the oldies, they all get drunk? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, very social. it's pretty much like a retirement village, but uh, it's um, yeah, a bunch of pensioners all living in the same neighbourhood and they have happy hours and things like this. You know, there's an excuse almost every day for them to get together and have a drink and stuff. And so he suffered, Dad suffered a lot of peer pressure from the oldies mm. when he stopped drinking. Mm-hmm. And But even from even from mum as well, you know, mum... mum lost her drinking buddy when dad stopped drinking you know that was the fallout for her was that you know she still likes to have a couple of glasses of wine here and there or whatever and um and there, and i think there's a little bit of kind of a, a little feeling of, of regret from her that i'm well, not regret but i don't know what to call it but you know i think she still wishes that dad could have a a drink with him every now and then but we had a good chat about this once because you know you have to think about these things in a more multi-dimensional way to be able to make it feel feel for someone who's still drinking to understand how it just doesn't feel right for someone who decides to stop it's not just a it's not just a one-dimensional thing you need to think about it in terms of a lot of different factors before it can make sense because people who drink just think why not why Mm. not why would you stop why can't you just have a couple Mm. it's like well it's not that simple and once you unpack that question and you look at all the factors that involved then it makes sense but people just don't tend to do that. Mm. Mm. And that holds, you know, that holds a lot of couples back. Yes. The one, one's worse than the other, usually at drinking. And then the one who's not as bad as the other one says, oh, yeah, but I don't want to be in a relationship where I can't have a couple of drinks with you. Yeah. I think people need to think long and hard about that because they don't really, they're not really realizing what's at stake. And I think it's a good time now for us all to remember, too, that we feel so jubilant and happy about our decision. Um, 
but there's also the other side of the coin of like, where would we be now? We'd probably be broken up. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And in some cases, for some people, <clears throat> you could be living under a bridge. You don't know, yeah, exactly. you don't know how catastrophic things can get. And I know yeah. through Danny doing the podcast, like some people it's started off drinking wine, going to wineries and stuff and did pretty yeah. much end up under the proverbial bridge. So you could be jo- dodging a bullet that you don't realize. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and that's there's there's longevity to that as well because for for me, um you don't even have to be a real you don't have to be living under the bridge and have lost your home and family and car and dog and everything. You don't have to have lost everything to to still for it to still be like I don't think I was, you know, I certainly wasn't in that bad a shape when I stopped drinking. I was still functioning pretty well as a as a contributing member of society and family and things like this, but it's still really confronting. And even now, like I think it's, that's that's I think that's going to be a lifelong thing. Looking back on the questions, why did I drink so much? What was I, what was I, you know, what was I trying to trying to blanket with alcohol? What what are the what are the issues now that after twenty over twenty years of of being a pretty good drinker? Even looking back to the beginning, why did alcohol appeal to me so much? What were the things about my personality back then that mm-hmm. I was trying to to mask with alcohol? And these things are really honest and really confronting questions to be asking. And they certainly don't make you feel like you've, oh, wow, I quit, I quit alcohol and now I'm just pissing rainbows and happy as a pig in shit day in, day out. <laughs> it's not... It's not like that. It's like now mm. I'm asking myself questions like, why did I drink in the first place? Why couldn't I stop? Why mm. did I drink so much and why did I behave like that? And why did I not mm. feel okay until I was, you know, a couple of, couple of beers in mm. or whatever? It's not – I don't. I think it's important for people not to expect that they're pissing rainbows and happy and, and totally joyous as soon as they stop drinking or, or even four years after. Hmm. I think that you've got to understand that it is um, it is honest and confronting and, and quite, you know. A roller coaster. Yeah, it's a roller coaster. Oh, for sure. Like Gabor yeah. Mate, what he says is not why the addiction, but why the pain. Hmm. And I just think, wow, that's so... And I think now, four years down the track, I'm now really digging in deep and finding some, you know, I'm really starting to to uncover some of that stuff like what was what was so painful what was what was it about myself that I couldn't face or or sit with it's interesting yeah Yeah. Yeah. you're so right you're so spot on and there is one other bit of bad news there that from me is like that first I did have the jubilant thing I felt like towards the end of that first year I was on fire um, and a lot of good things I was in good discipline and blah 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 but like four years on I'm used to being sober. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't have that. I, I found it exciting to be sober for at, at, it, during that first year, getting towards the end of that year. It was still like novel, mm. whereas, you know, I'm sort of used to being sober now and it's, it, it's not special anymore. <laughs> when we first, when we all first started, it was really, um, it was really interesting because I can remember Scotty and I would be at home just... Uh, thinking about how you guys are absolutely kicking goals and how great we thought that you were doing. And for us, it was a bit more like, 
ugh, okay, there's no, like, huge clarity upon us yet or anything, and why isn't this happening, and shit, will we just, uh, should should we be drinking? Are we, you know, we, we questioned so much. Yeah. And and we thought, like, you know, looking at you guys as, as a couple doing on your journey, and we thought that you were, you know, as I said, kicking goals and everything. But, yeah, just very different, I think. Very different, but yeah, it, it did sort of kick in now. But one other thing I was going to say was about um, now and relationships, like what I'm finding, because uh, I'm sort of in the wellness and fitness uh, area as well as studying, but being able to be sort of really um, uh, outward and getting to know other people on on this really interesting level has been fantastic. Like I've really enjoyed just, and I don't think I would have been doing this because I would have been constantly self-doubting and constantly questioning and, and all the rest of it. And I just feel so much more sure now. And, and, you know, this is kind of irrelevant, but also too completely relevant because I don't think I would have been able to be like this if if I had a still been in hungover zone and mm. drinking zone. It's that inner you know, confidence, isn't it? Yeah. That's, I, I totally relate. I totally get it. You know, I, I've, whilst I might be a little more reserved, I guess, in some ways, but I feel so much more confident when I go in and I'm sure of myself. Mm. And I think that comes to, from doing the work on yourself as well, like rather than just yeah. kind of. And yeah. in those social situations that we're talking about where we might have, we, we have trouble getting through that first bit with the drinking and, and everything, that do you find in different situations that you really kind of try and hone into other people and really get to know them and really sort of try and learn something about them that you never usually would have? And yeah. it's it's like it's great. Then the, all that other stuff just kind of melts away that, you know, oh, dear, me in a social situation, blah, 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 I'm not drinking, I'm going to be really boring. Yeah, the anxiety yeah. drops. Yeah. Just melts totally. away. Yeah, because also before, like I know myself, and probably not so much you, Claire, but definitely you, Scott, and definitely you, Ash, and definitely me. Like we weren't listening to people talking. We were bah, 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 bah. no, we were talking shit. Yeah, <laughs> and you talking know. a lot of shit. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's much to weigh it up to go on one hand. What would you rather be talking a whole lot of sh- talking a whole lot of shit as a result of uh, too much alcohol, or um, yeah, or or being a little bit more quiet and reserved as yeah, a result of not being on alcohol. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But last, th- mentioning this party that we went to last weekend, um, and sorry for everyone that's already read this on my Instagram, but we were going to this party at the Neighbours that Ash mentioned before, and we don't we know them, but not like super well, all most of the Neighbours. So I was had that nervousness, you know, that kind of slight nervousness when you don't know people. So I thought, I thought. Um, all right, what do I need to do? So I need to, you know, take my alcohol-free drinks, which is cool. And then I, I, what I tell other people when I'm coaching them is to get yourself busy at the parties. So I organised to make this payella or payya for this party and to cook it there so that I was busy when I was at yeah, the party. Yeah, that's a great idea. And yeah, that the people could come yeah. in and, and talk to me whilst I was doing that and then sort of helped kind of set up and then help yeah. clean up and then we're out there out of there by like 8 30 mm. um but yeah it was good it was that's really good advice yeah, yeah. just yeah. to like get involved with with helping people because yes. not only then do you go home and wake up the next morning going 
oh, wow, I just went to a party last night and I've got nothing to apologise for. Mm-hmm. I didn't talk shit. Mm-hmm. I didn't not listen to what I can remember. You know, I paid attention to what people said to me. And I also helped clean up or I helped cook or I helped do stuff yeah. as well. It's just win, win, win. And Absolutely. you can do that as well with trying to set yourself a bit of a walk into a social situation and go, okay, well, there's a couple of people here that I might actually make a real effort with and and try and get to know this person who I've never met before. And, you know, there's, it's nice to kind of set yourself self these little goals, I, I guess, in these situations. Yeah. Yeah. That's a cool idea. Yeah. Party goals. Party, yeah. party goals. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> yes. And another thing that's probably good is, like, I felt, I feel like, I actually feel quite um, a lot of actual social anxiety, really, that people wouldn't who know me wouldn't think I would. But I really, I'm really so bad at making what small talk and just, uh, I don't know. But but realizing also, it's okay to feel that yeah. emotion, mm. and yeah, like you can just deal with that. Like you always think, yeah, it's it's like thinking, um, say, if you're overeating, to think. Every time I'm hungry, I have to race to the cupboard and start eating heaps of things because you can say, okay, it's okay to be hungry. And yeah, exactly. It's the same thing. Yeah. yeah. You can even kind of lean into that a bit and start conversations with people about feeling a bit awkward and you probably find that most people feel the same. Mm. It's, it's weird because we're in, we live in this culture where we are social animals. There's no, there's no doubt about that. Um, and, but we live in this culture where... Alcohol is such a massive net over the top of our of our social interactions, and so you take that away, and it would be weird if there wasn't any anxiety. Yeah. Alcohol makes being social such a different thing. It'd be totally weird if it wasn't if if you weren't feeling anxious when you start trying to be social sober. Yeah, that's so true. It'd be really odd. Because even kids do, you know, you think about kids and they're always in their joyful little in-the-moment place. Mm. But I know with even Aria, our littlest one, she's always a bit socially anxious at first until Mm. she gets going. So you're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, until you can find common ground with people. And you're not supposed to get along with every single person out there. It's just that when you're drunk, you find it really easy to just crap on with people you wouldn't normally like for ages until the booze runs out. And and also, you know, like, say, in a situation where you would otherwise be a little socially awkward and then you'd get talking to people and it'd be all right after a while, if you take something to just make yourself not be social or socially awkward, you think you're slaying it. But yeah. actually, you're just you're going, Rah! and yeah. actually, they might be just looking going, ooh. Mm. Yeah. Old mates had a couple. <laughs> yeah, you, you think you, you think that person's loving you. Yeah, he's <laughs> loving this they story. Loving this it. story that I'm telling. They're so interested and, and they're they love loving it. The it. second time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They'll yeah. love it again tonight yeah. and again and again. I know that's what I said on this Instagram post about this party that you know we left at eight forty-five after cleaning up. Where before, like say five years ago, we would have been the last to leave. I probably would have spewed in their garden on the way home, yeah. you know, and had to send out apology messages the next day. Yeah. yeah. So it's totally different. But it's okay too. And, Scott, you said something really interesting when you jumped in on my first challenge group. You came in. Remember you came and spoke to yep. the group, which was really awesome of you. Um, and you said you made this great comment of we don't have to 
stick to the agreements we made with ourselves when we were 20 years old and it's okay to kind of step into adulthood oh, yeah, or something along the lines of that. Did I really? Wow. Yeah. That's quite clever, isn't it? Yeah. That's really wise. Yeah, you know, you yeah. do come out with them sometimes. Often. Yeah, wow. Was I, yeah, okay. You do. You, you, you do. You make, you make decisions in your 20s about what you think you want to be. And I guess... And how you want to be. Yeah, exactly. And what you th- how you want to present yourself and what it takes to present yourself that way. And they're immature decisions. We're constantly developing as, as people, as, as individuals, as humans or whatever. And, yeah, man, like the last few years I just feel like my own personality has developed so much, let alone what could have happened over the last 20 years if it wasn't sort of blanketed by drinking. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. There's that part, maybe the drinking part of us is trying to hang on to this, the, you know, this kind of idea of youth. It just really resonated with me when you said that. I thought, it's just so true. And you're so, like, you can't stay there. You can't stay there. You can't, like... Well, no. Nah, I feel know. like I lived a life, you know, 20 years is, is a good a, a good a good amount of time. It's a, it's a massive amount of time between, you know, the ages of 20 and, and 40 kind of-ish to be doing something and to be drinking a lot and having, you know, being focused on just, you know, in being in the moment and having a whole lot of fun and um, not taking anything too seriously and, yeah, kind of blanketing everything under the veil of alcohol and and fun, basically. But it's not worth... It's great. It was, it was enjoyable. It was cool. I'm not... I don't regret it, but... It's not worth a lifetime. There's so much else out there. I don't think anything, any particular thing is worth a lifetime, is it? Like, can't you reinvent yourself? Isn't that what creativity is for? Yeah. Mm. That's what I reckon. Like, I hopefully will reinvent myself a number of times between now and when I end up six feet under. Mm. Hopefully this is just like part, you know, in the early phases of the transformation of me. (laughs) Well, oh, yeah. yeah, that's Sorry, genius. Um, yeah. yeah, failing, failing um, to to reinvent yourself. It doesn't have to be any big thing, but is is the definition of being stuck in a rut. Yeah. So if anyone's yeah, you know, if anyone's feeling a little bit stuck, it, it's it's good to change things. And alcohol is the rut builder. Yeah, it's mm. the rut glue. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, people like Lemmy from Motorhead and Keith yeah. Richards and stuff, it looks cool from... Yeah, it's a it looks good cool idea in, It looks cool in pictures are... and videos and things like this and it makes good yeah. music and stuff like that. But yeah. I'm afraid that I want my experience of life to be a lot more rich than that. A yeah. fuckload more rich than that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yes. Mm. Well yeah, I had a great 20 years of it, of, of being, you know, on the, on the bottle, but not... Not more than that. That's plenty. Mm. Yeah, that is plenty. <laughs> it's plenty enough. Mm. Yeah, so well said. I hope that I keep reinventing myself as well. I'm sure we all do in this. And I'm so proud of us that we do so and we continue to do so. Um, Scott, Owen, Claire Rantel. Do you say Rantel or Rantel? Uh, it's Rantel, but... I'll just say Rantel. I prefer, Rantel. I prefer Rantel because you're tall and you can run. <laughs> Rantel. <laughs> You're not tall. You're like a giraffe, a tattooed giraffe. It's gorgeous. Gazelle. Yeah, um, it doesn't gazelle sound a bit better than a giraffe. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
<laughs> giraffe is, is politically my, incorrect. Gazelle is. <laughs> yeah. You do have a long, elegant neck, though, too. It's like a giraffe. Neck, <laughs> she said long, elegant neck. That was, that was good. Um, anyway, guys, thank you so much for um, dropping into the studio and having this chat. It's really cool. Yeah, thank you. Pleasure. Yeah, been a pleasure. Always good to see you guys. Yeah. And good on us. Good yeah. on us. And thanks, Ash. Thank you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.